0: Welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through a Degrassi Viewing Podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie.
1: I'm your new wife, Frank.
0: And today we're going to be doing something a little different. So, because we've had a really stressful couple weeks, um, honestly for me a couple months, um, but the past few weeks we've done some pretty fun stuff, like we went to the wedding in front of the show, Cassie, who just got married to her husband, Jeff, which was wonderful, Um, We also are going through some brain stuff. I am in the process of therapy and intakes and all that type of bullshit. Um, So we're not able to record quite at the level of consistency that we've been able to. But as always, we want to try and give you something every single week. So we're going to try a new segment. So before we go through every single thing that's possibly on the DVD extras, we figured we'd try and stretch out our creative abilities.
1: We're we're constantly rewriting episodes. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through my iTunes, pick out songs, and write episodes.
0: Exactly. So the game is called Plotline Shuffle. Um, so the whole entire idea behind this is that we are going to go through Frank's music library. Um, we are going to be able to get the title of the song. We can also look up the lyrics and try and come up with a plot. An A plot, definitely, but a B plot, should we do bonus points if you come up with a B yes. plot? Okay, so a bonus points if you can come up with a B plot that connects back to the title of the song and/or the lyrics of the song.
1: Okay, so I'll I guess I'll go first. Um. I'm...
0: Also, just so you know, you are allowed to pass three times.
1: Yeah, three times or like maybe more. I realize like I do have a lot of stuff on here. Oh, that's-
0: fine let's see i i I do want to give a shout out to frank because this is a very vulnerable thing to do to just let your uh your library just fucking like let it rip do you have musicals on there because mine has a lot of musicals and i feel like that's where shuffle memes and things like that go haywire for me
1: not particularly um if i not to toot my own horn toot toot but i do have a fairly i feel like i I have a fairly um respectable music collection it's twenty five thousand songs deep Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I got some good stuff in here. I got Neil Diamond, um, a shit-ton of Johnny Cash, shit-ton of Elvis Costello, shit-ton of the Dickies. I'm just going through what's appearing. Um, Cat Power, a shit-ton of Cat Power. That doesn't surprise me in the least. Because, like, I'm not a completionist in a lot of things, but when it comes to music, I am very much so a completionist. Like, the first time I saw Dessa... I saw her open for um, a process before Welcome to Night as vale. the weather. And I got home that night, and I was like, well, I had to buy every album Dessa's done. And sometimes those, like, splurges don't end well. This one definitely did. I, yeah. I loved everything she did from the go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so I'll go first.
0: All right. Um, oh, yeah, so it's one point for every A-plot you come up with. And then an extra point for every repeat plot. Okay. I don't know what we're going to win. Like, I didn't think that far.
1: Uh, respect. I,
0: I spend one night not talking about Fire Emblem when we're hanging out. You don't
1: ever have to not do that. That's
0: really sweet, Frank, actually. <laughs> Aw, thank you, bud. Well,
1: it makes you happy. I don't give a fuck.
0: Aw. Aw. <laughs> thank you.
1: Like, I just... Like, I one day... Will just unleash, though, upon all my friends getting into the Persona multiverse.
0: Look, I'll borrow. If you have a PSP, I'll
1: borrow it. Well, the thing is, like, the thing is about. So, Donnie also sent me a parody of Persona 4 Dancing All Night, but was Fire Emblem. With Sylvain
0: specifically.
1: (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, this is good, but, like, it's only Persona if it's still canon. Like, Every dancing game, every fighting game, every bit of nonsense in the Persona universe is canon. Like in one one of the games, the world blows up. Like there's a Jesus. nuclear war, and the world blows up, and that creates its own timeline. And this is, but then like there's a sequel to that game where the universe resets itself, and you end up fighting Hitler at the end. Huh? Yeah, it's bonkers.
0: Um, that said, I would love a dancing Fire Emblem game that fits within the canon, that, like, they, they have a night that they don't have to think about the consequences of war, and they can just fucking dance all the time.
1: Well, there's supposed to be a Walking Dead musical episode, and I was just like... What? Yeah. it's No! It. Hand of God.
0: Holy but- shit!
1: I mean, that's not what you do, apparently, if you just get on to, like, nine seasons. You just have a musical episode. I mean, uh, but, I that's... but my thing is, like, for me, that would make sense if you just had characters sitting around playing, like, an acoustic guitar, playing some of all the amazing blues music that's come out of the South, like...
0: Yeah, like, that could actually be interesting. It... it-
1: if like though you have like fucking Rick like shuffling left and right. I don't and... even think
0: Rick's on the show anymore.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't even watch that shit.
0: <laughs> I, I just look at the ads in my New York Comic Con pass every year.
1: Ugh. What? Well, I'm I'm just so done with that zombie stuff.
0: I know. I
1: said that while sucking my hair back. Yeah, I know. I
0: don't really know why you did it, but I support you.
1: All right. Okay. First up. All right. No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. Okay. Gold Digger by EPMD.
0: Is that a cover?
1: No, I think this is just, it's from the Def Jam music group tenth year anniversary disc. I'm gonna use one of my passes.
0: Okay, okay. Let me let me. I'm gonna keep score, Frank.
1: <laughs> All right. Um. So next up is Anyways by the Pretty Yachts.
0: Can I look up the lyrics?
1: Uh, sure, I already pulled up. Um, I can't be around me anymore. I can't t- seem to get myself off the floor. I wish I met you yesterday. I feel that today is just too late. You broke me, but I wasn't yours to break. You took me, but I wasn't yours to take.
0: Ooh, okay, 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 okay. So, this is an Ashley plot. Definitely. A, A plot, this is about Ashley. Um... And I feel like what it is is it's that in between you slot it before the episode that she goes on that journey with Spinner and Paige. Mm -hmm. So it's the A plot actually establishes like how upset and how like how emotionally like the breakup has wrecked her. So it properly gives the right setup for her. For her pain that we then see and the concern that her mother has. It also fills in that therapy, I assume with the implied therapy of the plot that was in the episode later, Mm -hmm. if you remember. It, I think it's, the arc of it is her being really fucking down and really fucked up and the support of her mother and the support potentially of her friends to push herself to seek professional help and to acknowledge that sometimes breakups hurt you and break you in a way that you need to be rebuilt with the help of professionals.
1: Yeah, and this is also heavily an Ellie plot
0: yes 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 i think ellie also is a is a big supporter of this because as we know ellie does see sauve so her views on professional help are actually quite positive um so she is really encouraging of ashley and really encouraging that she actually seeks professional help the b plot hmm
1: Okay, now, B-plots, as we know, can just be pure Whatever. bonkers They can nonsense. be bullshit,
0: but I want them to be good, because that's what I always criticize the B-plots for. Um, so, shit, I gotta think of where everybody else was in in, in that point in the story.
1: Um, I think JT, at that point, wasn't JT still dating um, Neilis and Cassie? Um, mm-hmm, Manny. Manny.
0: Yes. So maybe it could be um, the B plot could be something about JT and Manny having like a disconnect. Because even though they were childhood friends, they are now two drastically different people. Um, And their plot can be also about communication and coming together. But in their case, it's trying to find commonality and interests and trying to actually enjoy each other's presence uh, and try and get back to why they cared about each other so much on a platonic level when they were friends.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I write fan fiction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like that's the nerdy vi- version of the LMFAO song. i walk out. <laughs> yes. I think I have that song. I'm I was going to
0: say, I hope so. All
1: right. Um, so that's one in the can.
0: Yep. Two points for me.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so your first song, Donnie. Are are we counting these as each other's songs, or just we're going free form?
0: What do you mean by each other's songs?
1: Like I think we we each do one, we get a song title, and then we go from there.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Oh, uh, you never can tell by Chuck Berry. Oh, um, and that's the one like it was a teenage wedding. Yeah.
0: Then. Oh shit, that could be juicy. Okay.
1: This. this okay. Is a dream. Episode.
0: Oh, so it's not at all canon. It's no, just. But it, whose dream?
1: Craig's. Holy shit! After, like, oh
0: fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is
1: him dreaming about what like, getting married to Ashley, and like, what that mean? Like, if she said yes and they got married, like two years from now. Oh shit! But like, he's still living at Joey's, and she just moves in. Mm -hmm. Um, And like What does that mean of like, Joey being like What the fuck Why is there like a teenage bride in my house But like the episode Is like Him Coming to terms with Whether or not he's Going to be a musician or if he's going To like finally accept his Responsibility like the episode is Him like Having to choose between being a musician or you're married now, you need to like devote time to being working at the car dealership.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, the B plot.
0: Is the B plot also a dream then?
1: Yes. The, okay. The, the B plot is what what's going on with the rest of Downtown Sasquatch. Okay. Oh, but like they're <laughs> without Craig they start taking off. <laughs> Jimmy becomes the new uh, lead singer. Okay. Like, you know, it's a whole... um, It's a whole Vic Chestnut thing. Okay. But, like... And, like, he... he, Jimmy becomes Drake, but in a rock band.
0: I like that. I'm into that. (laughs) Good. So everything's set within the same dream universe, but... Downtown Sasquatch It's suddenly good Yes
1: And like they actually have songs that feature Marco's accordion
0: They just They know how to actually harness everybody's talents It's not just
1: It's not just Craig carrying everyone Right <laughs> And like somebody finds the um, And like Craig The, the way the B plot and the A plot Connect is somebody finds the old Demo reels of their reggae phase And like Jimmy is just like <laughs> That was a mistake We had this guy in our band And like Craig just sitting there at home just fuming
0: <laughs> I love it Good okay
1: We will never stop shitting on downtown Sasquatch's reggae phase No
0: we can't It's it's unforgivable
1: Alright next song
0: Okay my turn got it I gave you both points those were good
1: Oh wow <laughs> The King of Carrot Flowers Part 1 by Neutral oh, Milk Hotel.
0: Fuck. Oh my god, I love this song. It's it's one of those like you ever want to cry and think about fictional character songs? <laughs> this is a really good song to think yeah, about. Yeah, I pulled up the lyrics. Oh, thank you. Um all right. So, King of Carrot Flowers Part 1. This is because of the lyrical content and the emphasis on domestic strife. I feel like the impulse would be to make it a Craig plot, but I'm going to make it an Ellie plot. Okay. Um because I feel like it is why not. And I also feel like she would like Neutral Milk Hotel.
1: I don't they somebody name drops them at some point. Somebody
0: does, but I think it's Craig.
1: Uh, I think it's Craig and um and
0: Ashley. Yeah. Yes, they talk about Neutral Milk Hotel being an influence.
1: Yeah, when they're talking about um when they're talking about, like, they have the interview of Liberty.
0: Yeah. And then, like, also, like, the lyrics that have, like, and your mom would drink until she was no longer speaking, and your dad would dream of the different ways to die. Honestly, if you were going to do an Ellie playlist, I would consider this as a song on it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the A plot of this one is about how, um, I feel like it is about Sean So, fitted in when they were still, they were actually in a relationship, and I think the A plot of it is Ellie and Sean trying to confront the fact of, are they in love or are they trauma bonding? Mm. So, having to confront the fact that they both have gone through horrible trauma and are in need of companionship and are in need of familial structures but also trying to figure out if they actually are in love or are they just fusing together because they have nothing else.
1: <laughs> my phone
0: oh yeah. So the plot of it, I'm a little I'm trying to figure out what exactly is the conflict that you can really have to kind of bring this up. I feel like what it might be is maybe like one of them wants to say I love you and the other one being like, Why are you saying that you love me? And that kind of being this kind of like kind of like a, almost like maybe like Sean says I love you and Ellie's like well okay but why and them having to try and Sean's like well you're always there for me and like you know you have dinner with me and like kind of listing the things that a family member would do not necessarily what a partner would do
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then the two of them having to kind of go like all right let's take a step back and try and figure this one out um the b plot of this one Um, maybe let's have it be some more growing pains within the Nelson Simpson household. I think that for something that started so full of strife, we haven't really heard very much from them as a family unit in terms of any issues that they may be going through. Um, and maybe have that B-plot be more about, maybe, like, Snake and Spike are trying to have some date nights and they keep dumping babysitting duties on Emma and Emma is frustrated by it and needs to have a serious conversation with them about how she is not just a babysitter. Um, and she is a person who wants to spend time with her friends except whoever friend she has left at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of like the big thing. Ooh. That, you know what, let's tie those two conflicts together. Um... She gets invited out on a rare, like, uh, like, it's kind of becoming a more rare occasion where she gets invited out with, like, Manny and the rest of that crew, mm-hmm. and, like, they are looking to her to babysit, but, like, and she's just like, are you kidding me? Like,
0: right, 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 she's like, are you fucking kidding me, I was super excited, now now I'm potentially gonna have to rescind the, you know, take back the invitation, this fucking sucks.
1: Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out how that ends, though.
0: I think what ends up happening is that Emma probably has one of her traditional little Emma shit fits. Mm hmm. And Spike has to have a conversation with her one on one. And it's Spike saying, like, you know, I do need you to help, but also, it is true, maybe I have been taking advantage of you. Yeah. I think that's how that plot ends.
1: Yeah, we go we go back to the old Spike Emma dynamic like instead.
0: Exactly. not Not this, like, weird one where it seems like the writing has kind of gotten away from Spike. It goes back to the fact that, like, at the end of the day, yes, Snake is important and Snake is... Spike's husband and everything like that, but ultimately, you know, Spike really does deeply care about Emma and has a deep loyalty to her and this is a way to reaffirm that loyalty. Yeah.
1: All right, my turn.
0: Yeah, that was a good song.
1: Oh, uh Kiss Them for Me by uh Su- H- S- 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 and the
0: Banshees. Isn't it Susie?
1: Yeah. It's just weird seeing that and be like, Oh, that's my sister's name. <laughs> <laughs> um, kiss them. Right?
0: It's definitely Susie and the Banshees, right?
1: Pretty, yeah, I don't think you're
0: right. Let's we'll look that up just before we air this. Just them
1: for me lyrics. Oh my god, yes. It glittered and a gleam for the arriving beauty queen, a ring in a cart. now you're the prettiest by far. No party she'd not attend, no invitation she wouldn't send. No, um... Can't physically hear sound, or, or your process to be found. Uh, nothing and no one will ever make me let you down. Kiss them for me, I may be delayed. Kiss them for me if I am delayed.
0: Oh man, I gotta relook at these lyrics, but this might end up appearing on my playlist for my Fire Emblem ship.
1: Um, what the song?
0: Mm, yeah, give me a second. I need to relook at the lyrics on my end.
1: <laughs> so this is definitely a page plot. Because, like, it's talking all about, like, um, it's talking all about, like, going to parties and being, like, the grandest and fairest of them all.
0: Oh, this makes me think of a Fire Emblem character in particular. Anyway, go on. Um. <laughs> yes, it's a page plot. I agree. Um,
1: oh God, what is Paige doing? So, um, you know what? I'm going to roll it real far back. Okay. I'm going to roll it back to, um, Paige. Okay, so, um, back to when Terry and Paige and, was it, was it uh, Ashley? Were all competing for, like, the modeling gig?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, so, Terry wins it, but, like, um, was it Ashley's mom? Um, yeah.
0: Uh, y- yes. Ashley's mom was the. No. Uh, Toby's mom was Toby's the agent.
1: Mom. Yeah. Um, Toby's mom also gives her a card and says like, "Here, you know, I have um, a, I have a friend who like could you like what you would probably like your look. Send them a headshot, all that jazz." And she does, and like she's hired, but like. This is much... Instead of, like, what Terry was doing, which was just kind of more just, like, one, like, solo shoots, she's actually interacting with other, like, teenage models.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: like, there's some drama going down between them, and it tests Paige's, like... Code of Ethics, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, where they're just cutting each other down, like, they're hiding things from each other, and, like... You know, Paige is just like, this is too much for me right now, and she eventually just kind of gives up on it. But like, um, and I know this is a fairly like this is a fairly obvious lesson of like real beauty's on the inside, but like, you know, she's like kind of feeling kind of dejected, and then like she sees like Manny's upset about something, and she sits with Manny and just like kind of talks to her. Mm -hmm. And, like, Manny's, like, very thankful to her And she's just like, yeah, this is where I belong right now
0: Nice! I like that
1: Um, and the B-plot, um, is going to be (laughs) It's actually going to be a JT and Toby plot Okay Because Toby tells JT about what's going on And JT finds out that Paige is involved And his little micro, you know Sis hit brain is just like, I'm gonna like become an anime character essentially, <laughs> and I'm going to like try and like you know hit on these girls and whatnot. But they are like, they are all so like used to dealing with like shitty boys at this point that they just out fox them at every turn and essentially just kind of bankrupt them and then. Just like, yeah, later, and like, take you off in a taxi.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And it, it's all just played for laughs. There's no, like, there's nothing of, like, consequence here.
0: Nice. I like that.
1: So. All right.
0: I also feel like that's a song that they would title a song after it's within the time range that a lot of these song titles are from.
1: This is Twice Upon a Time, the singles.
0: Twice Upon a Time.
1: That's the compilation for Susie and the Banshees.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you said, like, it's another song. I'm like, okay.
1: Nope. Um, here comes your next song. Okay. Ooh. The Clock by Tom York. This might not even have lyrics.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know. Tom York. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, well, there are lyrics. Um, not many but there are lyrics time is running out for us but you just move the hands upon the clock you throw coins in the wishing well for us you just move your hands upon the wall it comes at you begging i'm just gonna read all the lyrics there aren't that many it comes to you begging you to stop wake up but you just move your hands upon the clock throw coins in the wishing well for us you make believe that you are still in charge um this is the post-school shooting episode that it should have been where we actually check in on each individual character, but in a way that is far more insightful. Um, I think it gives, it establishes and actually takes the time because instead of going in the A plot, B plot direction, it kind of throws the format out for a little bit and actually takes the time to spend some, you know, occupy the space that is what these kids, as they are dealing with what has happened after the tragedy. Um, so, we actually do get to kind of see the emotional states of the characters, but more importantly, we are given enough time with each character that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt what these characters are going to be dealing with for the rest of the season.
1: I, I think using the clock, like, for some people, it, like, time has kind of, like, slowed down.
0: Yes, and yes. it just,
1: like, feels like every moment is just, like, this dreadful, like, dragging, like, just trying to get through it. But for some people, like, it's been sped up as, like, they have anxiety. Those, like, people who are anxious about it, time is, like, speeding up. Those who are being depressed, time is slowing
0: down. Exactly. And, like, you kind of just really have it be a character study episode where each and every character, you actually get to see. Because I feel like what I liked about the episode after the school shooting was the first like 10 minutes of the episode where we actually were seeing the kids in group therapy in you know just kind of going about their day doing the exercises trying to go through the motions and I also think that it would because then you could have Radich and actually see the challenges that he was kind of facing like yeah he was out of his depth and I don't disagree that like you know he should have been taken out and things like that but it would have been interesting to actually see him as this almost sympathetic villain type of character. Seeing what he's trying to deal with and seeing that he's way in, he's in way over his head. He doesn't know what to do. And he tries to seek resources. They don't know what to do. There's no guidebook on this as a principle. It would make him way more sympathetic, I think, to the adult audience. Because I feel like the adult audience is a huge factor in Degrassi. It, yes, there is this teen market that they're trying to appeal to but as we've seen in the ratings game there is still an overwhelming amount of adults watching the show so i think it would have been a good way to get the adults kind of with it as opposed to the usual let's toss out the old degrassi characters and make them do shitty shit
1: yeah um what i would i, I love what you were saying mm-hmm. the one like i would love like one shot of like the teachers all just kind of like sitting at their desks, just kind of like a bit, um, not f- shell-shocked? Flummoxed?
0: Overwhelmed? Yeah.
1: And, like, they just kind of, like, all blink at the same time, and then, like, the lighting changes, and their clothes change, and you realize it's the next day. Yes. But it feels like nothing has changed.
0: Yes. Like, I I would love this episode to be, sho- I mean, I guess because it's also- ah! <laughs> You okay? Did yeah. she try and jump in your lap? Yeah. <laughs> it's all you <yeah. laughs>
1: What the fuck was that noise? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, we got it on recording. Um, but it's definitely an episode that I feel like to complement the fact that it's named after a Tom York song. I think it would be helpful for it to be experimental in nature. Let it explore you know, like a go in strange directions do things that are maybe out of the norm because it is the whole entire situation is out of the norm yeah you almost want to break the format to truly make a statement that this is something that has rocked the world that is to yeah so that's my that's my pitch um i won't give myself a b plot because i absolved it of a b plot
1: yeah i think like that would just that would be the whole episode exactly yeah. It'd be like g-plot like what's jay doing oh right being terrible
0: right right <laughs> you know trying to tell himself that he did not contribute to this misery
1: Ooh. and like
0: and alex becomes really like guilt-ridden and joins the drama club to try and escape and things like that
1: um i would honestly just love like a shot of her just like punching a punching bag
0: yeah, like, something, like, just, just getting so angry with herself with the circumstances and not knowing what to do with that anger and having to, like, channel it in that way.
1: But well, she just keeps punching it until, like, a, a point where she just, like, finally hits it once and just puts her head on it and starts crying.
0: Yeah, like, really, like, that's what I mean, like, really fucking emotive stuff.
1: And I know this is also pretty cruel, but I'm pretty sure Jimmy had it woken up, but, like, instead of the end credits song, it's just... Hazel sitting by his bedside, and the only sound is the second hand ticking. So. Yeah.
0: Nah, this is like, but this is the type of drama that I think that is good drama after something like this happens.
1: Um, okay.
0: Alright. Yeah, that's my pitch for the clock. Alright, my turn.
1: Okay. Just based on the title, which is "Tell Me What to Swallow" by Crystal Castles.
0: Oh, boy! I'm a
1: pass because I'm not talking about children in that context.
0: <laughs> that is fair.
1: Ooh, "Good Night" by Pulp.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Now it's coming to the end of the evening. The time when the ceiling sways and, object, and objects jerk out of your out of place. Your eyelids heavy. You make your way down the other streets, past rows and rows of houses, curtains drawn tight against the cold night air, to a flight of stairs in a the room. Where bed is waiting for you to lie down, perhaps alone, perhaps not, go to sleep again. Um, so you know what's one of my favorite tropes in books and movies is when you just kind of take a certain time period in a day, and you're just kind of checking on what the characters are doing. Yeah. So this would just kind of be like this, like. Choosing, I'm going to choose, um, I'm going to choose that moment where Manny got hot. Okay. Yeah, according to the show. Yes. Um, and it's just, like, Emma and Manny have, like, you know, split up and whatnot, and they're both kind of feeling regrets, but they're just separated. Okay. Um, Manny's hanging out with Sully... And, like, they're at a diner or something. Or they're at the diner that, like... They're at the dot. Yeah, that Emma and everybody walked by in the end of that episode.
0: Yeah, the proto-dot.
1: Um, and, like, you cut back to Emma, who's at home, just kind of, like, flipping through pictures of them and whatnot. Um, and you see other people out on dates and, like, having good times and whatnot. But, you know, just Emma is alone right now. Um, And was this the point where Snake was going through chemo? Yes. Yeah, like, for those two, they're just, for Spike and Snake, they're just having a quiet evening at home. Just kind of like watching a movie. And, you know, they could get, um, they could, like, part of them, like, they don't quite know what's going on with Emma, but they're just kind of enjoying their time together. As mm-hmm. a couple, um, and yeah, like you, you just—it's just kind of like a chicken on everybody's lives. I like that. Like you just see like Jimmy Home Alone, but like a bit like he, yeah, he, he's just like eating pizza or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's just kind of like the mo- like the moments in superhero movies where they're just hanging out and. Just chillin'
0: uh, My favorite part of superhero movies yeah. And I'm not even joking
1: Yeah, like I was discussing this with Susie On Teen Girl Talk That at one point Kevin Smith said Like If you could do a Green Hornet movie What would you do? Ah! He's just like So it would be Kato and Green Hornet Just hanging out by out A brick wall Oh god, dolly Down
0: I haven't finished clipping her nails I'm sorry
1: Um like they're just hanging up by a brick wall and then like Kato be like, Hey, is that a crime over there? And like, Oh yeah. So they walk off screen, you hear like like fighting, mm. they come back, they dust themselves off, they just get back to talking.
0: God, that's all I want. And like
1: he's like, Nobody's gonna wanna watch that movie and Suzanne and I and you are just like, I would
0: It's the irony of me as a person, which I think is is something that frank you probably agree with as well as other listeners of the show may if you enjoy a show about degrassi but like i like superheroes but like my least favorite part is when they actually are doing superhero shit yeah like that's why i like like characters like tony stark where like there will be issues in which like he is barely in the suit he is just going through it and like that's why he's one of my favorites because it's like there are just it's like, hey, here's an arc where he's just dealing with addiction and he's dealing with abuse and he's dealing with all this type of shit. And it's like the the being a hero is like secondary to... Like, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is if you're reading an Iron Man comic, the greatest villain, the hero and the villain is Tony Stark. Yeah. And like, that's what I find very compelling about those comics. So like, that's like my favorite type of thing is when it's just like, yeah, okay, they're a superhero, yes, but like, what's their trauma? Yeah. Like, what is the... Issue relating to it
1: Well my, my favorite um, I've, I've said this before On this show I know My favorite episode of Superman the Animated Series Is um, The late Mr. Kent Cause the whole episode is just Superman or Clark Kent Trying to prove This man's innocence And like what happens is His car gets blown up And he's just like you know, he's fine, but he realizes somebody saw that car go in, and there's no way Clark can survive that. Mm-hmm. And but it's just this exploration of just like who Superman is, and there's a whole thing where he's just like, I can't not be Clark. I am Clark. That's who I am. Like, I'd be I'd go crazy if I had to be Superman all the time. And but then my favorite part, and this is like The Kents are just like, yeah, but you also understand there's something more important going on here. And, like, the Kents are essentially saying, like, you need to go prove this man's innocence. And that means telling them you're Clark Kent and revealing all of it and making us open to attack. That's what you gotta do because it's the right thing to do. Oof. And I just love that.
0: Yeah, no, that's really good. There's also
1: a good burn on Batman because, like... Can is like I don't want people talking about you the way they do that man in Gotham City.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: So, so yeah, it would just be a quiet little episode of just like a, a slice of life, the tales of Bossing say from Avatar: Last Airbender.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which more shows need to do that?
0: Agreed. I'm always down with a little slice of life bullshit, like always. Yeah. All
1: right. I'm really enjoying this.
0: Yeah, this is fun. What are we doing for time, by the way?
1: Uh, we're at thirty-six minutes. Cool. Uh, next song. Okay. Okay. I'm, I. Okay. They were um a another Susie LeBanshe song. Okay. Santa Baby. <laughs> which, no, thank you.
0: Okay. Now, now we have Pinhead by the Ramones. Pinhead by the Ramones. Okay, let me double check the lyrics. Pinhead by the Ramones. I mean, I know the lyrics, but I know there's, like, five lyrics, but still. I'm a very lyric-based person. Anybody who knows me knows this. Okay. Okay, so this episode is set in Season 1. I think that a big thing about Season 1 that they just did not fully explore was Spinner and his relationship his turbulent relationship with learning disabilities and things like that um and i think that this would be a really good extension i know they kind of tried with like the final and him kind of like slopping it together and trying to get like on Quan's good side and things like that but i think what his whole entire relationship with everything i feel like it could have been amplified more um, I also feel like it, I feel like this is where that monologue he had in his audition mm-hmm. would be featured. So it would be Spinner just kind of hitting the brick wall of academia and truly considering in the at the ripe old age of like thirteen, why am I even bothering going to school if it's making me upset all the time and my parents are pissed off at me and everybody's angry at me? He starts cutting class. He starts skipping school. Um, And it takes until a conversation with his sister, so introduce Kendra a little earlier, Yes. for him to realize that as much as it sucks and as much as as frustrating as this whole entire experience can be, ultimately he needs to better articulate his needs as a student. And it becomes him learning how to advocate for himself and say, hey, I don't know what the fuck is happening and you know what, you gotta help me.
1: Well, I always love more Kendra. Yes. Can we flip the script and make it Liberty?
0: Oh, and then they have a connection because this can be Liberty finally connecting with somebody about her dyscalculia. Yes. That would be nice, too. I, I think either works. Um, I like the Liberty idea. I think that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, The B plot... <laughs> You know what, I know it's early in the game, it would override a lot of stuff that happens later on in the season, but let it be that JT, like, decides he doesn't want to be a shithead anymore, and he tries to, like, actually start treating women not like garbage.
1: <laughs> yeah, Well. Like, um, oops, sorry. <laughs> I actually turned on my flashlight. Yes, you did. Um, like, cause the, the um... The opening lines of the song are We accept you, we accept you, one of us Right um, Yeah, like he decides to stop being such a shithead And he mm-hmm. realized, he goes on like The arc it, that took a movie for the boys from Fired Up To do um, Of just like I'm actually just gonna hang out with women And they're like, wow, women are awesome And they're like you know, like with everything they do, and you know, like their hopes and dreams and whatnot. And yeah, I was a shithead.
0: Right. No, but like that's the energy that I want from this. Yeah. I just want it to be like a lot of like that type of like just JT learning how to take accountability for his actions and trying not to be a fucking shithead.
1: And there's a line everyone's accusing me yeah. in the song. Yeah. He gets accused for a prank that is pulled on the girls. And, like, everybody's like, ah, and then, like, all the girls are like, no, that, JT wouldn't do that. Right. Like, and, like, I, Emma or if somebody sits down with them, like, yeah, no, we knew, like, you wouldn't do that before, especially now you wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah. You're changing, and we want to acknowledge that you're changing. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm a very lyrics-based man. I just gotta look at the lyrics, and then comes Ooh. to me.
1: Turn a square by the shins.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, She's showing up right like a knife Wearing tennis shoes made of stripes Hand in hand to the grass and we got it right Got it nice, nice, nice Just a glimpse of an ankle and I React like it's 1805 I just went to the polishes To find the right satellite Take all my strength to give up But you know I tried to forget about a girl My head's like a kite When such a creature I sight to town You know what? Hmm. It's Valentine's Day at Degrassi Okay. And in their own way oh, Okay. It's a it's a Sean and Ellie plot. Okay. And each in their own way is trying to like make a perfect Valentine's Day for the other. They've moved in together. Okay. And they're just like I don't know Sean doesn't seem that sentimental. Like wh- like what what should I do for him and like Everybody's suggestion is sex. And I was like, I am not ready for that. And Sean is not pushing me, and I am fine with that. Okay. Um, and then, like, Sean's just like, what a Like, Sean is trying to remember the person he was back when he was courting Emma. And, like, he's just, like, realizing that, like, Right, Jay, you're a moron when it comes to this. But then... Alex comes to him in private and is like, "Don't listen to Jay. You listen to me," and gives him some advice. Um, because like, she's kind of grown accustomed to having Ellie around and mm-hmm. grown to like her.
0: Oh, I really like that too.
1: And just wants her to like have a good Valentine's Day. Yeah. And have have oh. Paige and Spinner broken up at this point? Right.
0: I think they're on the outs, but I don't think they're broken up yet.
1: Okay. Well, we'll just say. They've they've broken up. Okay. And the B plot is Valentine's Day. Nice. But like it's like Ashley and Um It's Ashley, Paige, and Alex because like Paige is like, we all know Jay's not doing shit for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um so like you know they go out, they have a good time. It's like a like a girls' night only kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a uh, it's just a fun. It's when the girls finally get to have fun. Yeah. Like when we were all we were complaining about that through all season one and season two and season three and season four. Now the girls just get to have fun.
0: I love it. I'm all about the girls finally, freaking having fun. Jesus.
1: Next up. Oh, boy. Hours seemed like days by the statistics.
0: Ooh. Oof. Okay.
1: Have you ever... Have you heard of the statistics? No. Yeah, it's like, it's the band of the basis from Most Disparasitos, which is Connor Ober's loud band.
0: Nice. Okay. Let's right. look at the lyrics. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This might be my first path. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I see. I almost want to pass because I feel like the sentiments is similar to clock. It's yeah. To the clock. So I'm gonna use my pass on this one just because I feel like the idea of the song is so similar.
1: Um, this might have actually been a uh, Degrassi song. It's "Let Me Out by the Neck."
0: Let's double check because that might that might be another rule we need to implement.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Let, let me have Degrassi. Um, no, there's Don't Let Me Get Me, but there's no...
0: Okay, so what's the name of the song again? Uh, Let Me Out By The Neck.
1: Okay, Let Me Out By The Neck. Wow, they have a sleater Kenny named episode?
0: Yeah, they do. Let me come and get me... Let me out... Oh, boy. Let me out, come and get me out, because I've been stuck in for too long. Um, let me out. Come get me out, baby. Maybe where I belong. Okay, so I am gonna make this... Um, I'm gonna make this a Marco episode. Yes! Um, I think this is going to be a Marco episode. I think that it is about... Um, I think something that I really like about him and Dylan is the fact that, like, they do talk about, like, making out and hooking up and things like that, and I think that this could be a song in which, not a song, an episode, in which he realizes that he does want to bone down with Dylan, sorry, I cannot talk like a mature person. Um, And he kind of realizes that because he is so isolated in being gay, he does not necessarily have the immediate resources of talking to his friends. Um, And it becomes Marco having to find a way to get into the LGBTQ community so that he is prepared and has the necessary safety measures, but also the necessary information to have a good time with Dylan. And it allows him to become a member of the LGBTQ community, and we actually see other LGBTQ characters, LGBTQ adults, giving resources, supporting this kid, and making sure that he's safe.
1: As... I, I do love that. Yeah, I would like to make the note of because, like,
0: it he, would still be age appropriate.
1: Yeah, but, but but I would like Jimmy to go with him.
0: Okay. Okay. And, yeah.
1: And, and like, you know, like because I, I do feel like given given Jimmy's history in the sh- in the actual show, like it would be good to just kind of show. Like, Jimmy's just like, no, like, you're my friend. This is scary for you. I'll be there with you. I like
0: that. I like that, and I feel like it it reaffirms that Jimmy and Marco are friends and all that really good stuff.
1: I would also love, like, and, like, you know, they're just hanging out and whatnot, and, like... (laughs) Though part of me do think it'd be funny if Jimmy's more comfortable asking the questions than Marco is
0: Right, Marco's just like, I, I'm mine for death over here And then, like, <laughs> Jimmy's like, yeah, okay, so, like, how does this work? <laughs> how do you use this? Marco's just like, I want to die <laughs> I crave death
1: And Jimmy's just like, is that is that the respectful way to say it? Oh, you say it like this? Okay, cool
0: I also think that if you really want to go for, like, the gold star on this episode, you could also explore, because Marco is deeply Catholic and deeply Italian. Culturally, there are a lot of, like, purity politics surrounding that religion and surrounding, like, sexuality, and a lot of people who are Catholic have a lot of really fucked up things that they struggle to unpack concerning the topic. So, for bonus points, it would also be interesting if this episode maybe also looked at guilt and um, religion and how that how being gay and being religious can sometimes be a bit of an issue for a person. And it could also kind of go into, like, you can want someone and you can want to be with someone and that doesn't make you less of a religious person um, and it doesn't make you a dirty person or anything like that. No. So, the little extra... Thing. The B-plot for this one. Give me a second. Let me look at the lyrics again. Let me think about it. Let me think of the themes that I established in my first episode. Um. I think that the B-plot can be um, something that I feel like with Voices Carry is that they kind of tried to pile up an awful lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that while parts of it were pretty accurate, it, it was not quite, uh, decline. like, it kind of just felt like they just stacked, like, symptoms on top of each other as opposed to dragging it out. And I think the B-plot, especially because this song speaks about living for the band, etc., etc., maybe could be an exploration of Craig's first, like, real manic episode where he just starts producing an awful lot of music, staying up all night. Um, and he... Doesn't really see it as an issue until somebody says that his music, that the music that he's producing during the Manic episode is not very good.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's excellent. Thank you. Um, Alright. We're at uh, 50 minutes now.
0: Huh? Okay, so probably one more each.
1: Yeah. Um, I think this has definitely been, it's a cover of I Think We're Alone Now.
0: Oh, wait, that definitely is a Degrassi episode, though.
1: Oh, my God. (sighs) Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, Taylor Swift.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. I
1: I bought this album. I haven't sat down to to listen to it yet. You know, I adore you. I'm crazier for you than I was at 16. Lost in a film scene, waving homecoming queens. Mark... (laughs) I used all through my passes.
0: <laughs> you have one pass left, my friend. Alright. All right. Last pass. In the last round.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Alright. All right. I'm now... Last... Whatever. Nope. <laughs> Beethoven's Symphony.
0: How many times did you hit shuffle? A bunch. <laughs> sir that is against the rules (laughs) fine
1: fine okay whatever the next one is I have to use it
0: yes you do
1: it's I hope I can make it through season 1 episode (laughs) 3
0: no you're lying look (laughs) oh motherfucker it is
1: (laughs) alright fine that's
0: really funny
1: (laughs) time running to go uh Tegan and Sarah.
0: You know, I was wondering if Tegan and Sarah would appear on your shuffle, and it did. So, I don't win a prize, but... <laughs>
1: what, do you think I am basic? <laughs> yeah. Um, I get to see you 10 or 12 times a day. I think it's best we do it your therapist way. I grow my hair long, wear big coats, yeah. I get to love sick, my sad thoughts float. Time, you've got me running. News broke today, so we're not talking. I think it's best we do a little bit of stopping. I want a house on the beach, and you in my dreams. Need water, yeah, and a love, 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 love. Time you got me running. Time you got me tired. Alright, well, this is my big femme slash Paige Alex episode. Okay. Um. And it's also the Degrassi beach episode.
0: Hell, yes, but not the miserable beach that, uh...
1: (laughs) That Ellie got dragged (laughs) to. Um... Okay, so in this one, um, Paige is still seeing Sylvie, um, and like she's just talking about how it's become very difficult to be to feel like close to people and feeling like you know intimate and whatnot, Um, and just like. Like, yeah, you know, she's just having, she's just having, like, troubles along those lines. Um. Because it just, it, like. Like. And because, like, things are going, like, things aren't going bad with Spinner, but he's not exactly the best when it comes to feelings. Like, he tries, but we all know Spinner. Yes. Um. But, like, the one person she finds that she can talk to is Alex. Okay. And, like, um, she is just, like, they have the big beach, like, they have, like, a big beach weekend trip coming up. Mm-hmm. And, like, um. And
0: they bury themselves in the sand with their clothes on. <laughs> sorry um the like um th-
1: th- you know uh pages like at um school on fr- the friday before they leave or like it's like a 3 day weekend so they're going to go leave like thursday and stay through friday to sunday okay and um um uh, Alex comes up to Paige, and she's like, hey, do you still need me to cover your shifts? He's like, oh, no, so-and-so is covering was Like, uh, Jay's being a dick, I got nothing to do this weekend. Like, and Paige is just like, oh, well, why don't you, like, come along with me on our, like, beast trip? And she's like, really? And, like, she comes along on the beast trip, but, oh, no, there's no place for Alex to sleep. And at first she plans to sleep on a... Very shitty couch And then Paige's like no just don't be stupid Just share a bed with me And Spinner's like oh well, we were gonna share a bed And she's like no
0: <laughs> AO3 tag bed sharing <laughs>
1: um, And like They can't quite get comfortable And then finally I was like well Fuck it and puts her arms around Paige And like Paige Feels Better now like, she's feeling safe, she's feeling secure, and she just feels okay for the first time in a long while. And, oh no, people found out that they, like, were snuggling, and Alex just kind of glares at all of them, and the, the subjects immediately dropped, but, like, they end up staying together for the next two nights, and... Um, you know what? I'm gonna steal a trope from a bunch of teenage stuff I've seen. Um...
0: That's okay, Degrassi loves the trope.
1: Like, Paige at one point is just, like, talking to Alex on the phone, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, I'm having trouble sleeping, like, I'm just, I was thinking, like, how nice it was, and then, like, she, you know, hangs up with, um, Paige, or she hangs up with Alex, and then she's, like, brushing her hair or whatnot, and then you just hear a clunk as a ladder hits her window, and you just, sleep, like, hear somebody climbing up it, and... Alex's head appears, and she, like, puts her arms on the window, so she goes, What's up? And that's, like, the freeze frame is, like, Paige smiling at Alex. Nice. And you know what? I'm not gonna put in a B-plot, because my big fem-slash fantasy is gonna be the whole episode. (laughs) Excellent. And you know what? I know I broke the rules, but I feel like it was worth it.
0: (laughs) Sometimes it's worth it for fem-slash... Um, there was rustling on my end of the mic, and I just want everyone to know it was me violently shaking my hand as I made the okay sign to a point that my wrist hurt. (laughs) I was so excited hearing this.
1: Alright, um, next up for Donnie. Alright. Hearts on Fire by Cut Copy. Hearts
0: on Fire by Cut Copy. Okay, let's take a look at the lyrics of this fucker. Sorry, everybody, I just curse all the time. Oh, no. What? Uh oh No, I was just saying, oh, no, but you're crossing.
1: (laughs) Ooh, I mean, this could be something.
0: Let's take a look. Ooh, there's something in the air tonight. A feeling that you could have changed, that could change your life. There's something burning up inside. I reach out for you and our hearts collide. With hearts on fire, I reach out to you tonight. Ooh, we're searching for a love alive. We're drowning in the silence as we walk the night. Sounds like Ashley's poetry. Your heart, (laughs) your hand is out and brushes mine a moment that is frozen as we hang in time.
1: This is definitely Ashley poetry.
0: It's absolutely Ashley poetry, but is it an Ashley episode? No. No, I don't think it is. Um, I feel like that's the easy answer. Um... I think what I am going to make this be is I'm going to make it be a Sean Emma episode. Okay. So I think I'm going to set it. Things have kind of gotten fucked up with season one and season two. And I think what I'm going to make this be is a bit literal, but... I'm going to make it kind of one of those party arc episodes, but I'm going to kind of like zhuzh it up a little bit.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and make it more character interaction based. They see each other and instead of it kind of being like in that weird tense way that Jagged Little Pill was, instead kind of be in the quiet room. Like, you know, how, like a lot of house parties have like kind of a quieter room where people just kind of like dance and just mm-hmm. kind of sit on the couch and everything. Yeah. Um, they, like, you know, Sean kind of hypes it up in his head. He's going to see her. He's going to take accountability for his actions. He's going to apologize to her. He's going to promise that he won't do it again and that he misses her. And he finally gets the opportunity. He sees her across the room. It's in the quieter room. He'll actually be able to talk to her and she could actually hear him. And nothing comes out. And she is so angry at him, which rightfully so, she does not give him the time of day and that is the missed connection that ends up happening and the whole entire thing it's like this big hype up for him to finally talk to her and finally apologize to her and finally like see the error of his ways and there's no payoff Mm -hmm. and it's just sean back in the cycle that he always is in um and all and realizing that it is too little too late and no matter what he does that doesn't mean that he is entitled to forgiveness. Yeah. Um, the B plot of this one, because I'm screwing up the timeline a little bit. Um, hmm. Let's continue this idea of men do not automatically own people. Let's re let's redo the page JT plot.
1: Okay.
0: Bullshit. Um, let's have it be, because this is the end of season one. Let me think for a second. So, you know how, like, Paige did the whole, like, taking him out on the fake date type thing? Yeah. Let's have it that instead JT puts Paige in a situation in which she owes him something. Trying to think of what exactly.
1: Some. I mean it could be something having to do with him being the mascot Like something with the yeah, spirit squad Yeah
0: like he he um, decided to volunteer More hours into it or he stayed longer For practice or something like that He was like fine you owe me And she's just like okay fine um, So they hang out and he thinks that he is Entitled to ha- getting more out of that Tries to kiss her She reiterates to him that no this was a Transaction buddy and this Then kisses were not included And it's JT having to Realize that he has way more power and privilege than he realizes in his day-to-day life as a man and that he, he actually wants women to give him positive affection he needs to make a point to treat them with more respect and with less expectation attached to their anything so yeah. basically it's both boys having to take accountability for their actions I'm into
1: it, I'm always into it
0: right, wish fulfillment baby yeah so, because you broke the game the last round, I think I technically won, but I think both of us did really, really well, so I think we're both winners. Yay! <laughs> that I, was fun.
1: I really enjoyed this. I would love to do this with another person.
0: Right? Like, I think it would be really fun with another person. Um, I I quite enjoyed the game. I would do it again. Um, It's also just, like, I mean, like, I like writing fanfic and shit, so it's literally just writing Degrassi fanfic, which, like, I haven't done too... I didn't do too much of growing up, but, like... As we know, if there's something that I love and I think it's not perfect, my my knee-jerk reaction is I need to write fanfic about it. So, with that said, if you're interested in joining the show, if you want to join us for another round of Plotline Shuffle, or if you just want to appear on an episode, or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Feel free to ask us about anything... I check the emails. I try, I'm getting much better at replying to them in a pretty efficient way. Um, I've been super busy, but I'm trying to stay better on top of it. Um, if you have any questions for the show, any corrections, anything like that, we are always willing to hear. If you want to follow us on social media, which unfortunately has been a little quiet recently, but um, hopefully as my schedule stabilizes, I'll be better at it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at I Hope Pod. You can also follow us on in uh, well, join our Facebook group at I hope I can make it through podcast, um, and we are posting links there. Sometimes we questions, sometimes if we need a guest to fill in last second, we may put up a request on those areas of social media. We also reply to any questions or comments on there as well. Um, it's usually me running the social media, so if you're worried about spoiling Frank, I don't show him stuff unless it is spoiler free. So if you are interested, um, always you can always try to reach out to us there, and I try my best to reply. Um, if you want to support the show, there's two ways you can do that. You can donate to our coffee. You can also um, write reviews. Once we get to 20 reviews, we're gonna go in ratings. We're gonna go back to the DeGrassi archives, check out DeGrassi Junior High, check out DeGrassi High, and give you some bonus episodes, which we're pretty excited to do, and we really want to see Joey and Caitlin in their youth. Were they just as annoying? Were they less annoying? I don't even remember anymore because I've only watched the original Degrassi once. So, <laughs> if you want to get our takes on that, definitely consider doing that. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody who has supported the show. Thank you everybody who has hung through, hung through it. Especially because um, we have been going through a whole lot of stuff the past few months. Um, and while we really enjoy doing some of these bonus things, we know some people just want us to keep going through season four. Um, but once again, like, we honestly I had a lot of fun tonight. I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, the best, unless Frank, yes.
1: You know what? Get, um, get us to 30 reviews. We'll take one of these episodes and write it.
0: Oh, that would be fun. That'd be really fun. I would love to do that. Um, I would definitely be down. So 30 reviews, we'll actually write out one of these. And we maybe we will do, like, a little poll to see which episode. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, your best bet is Twitter. You can follow me at DM is Unbreakable. Right now, it's Fire Emblem Central. Um, I am posting a whole lot about it, whether it's playing the game, or retweeting cute fan art, or posting my fanfic. Um, so there's incredibly niche content on there right now. <laughs> but if it's something that you're interested in, feel free I also try to break it up. Also, I just discovered the Twitter Degrassi No Context, which is an absolutely delightful Twitter account because they are in the early parts of Degrassi and just putting up out of context screenshots from it. And it is legitimately giving me so much joy. So... I definitely recommend checking out that Twitter, and I've been retweeting quite a bit from it right now because it tickles me so much, because as we know, the first few seasons of Degrassi have some really fucking funny shit if you just take it out of context. Um, so you can definitely follow me on there. Um, I promise that. And also, if you ever want to reach out to me individually, I will definitely take a look and respond. <laughs> Did um, you find the Twitter? Yes. It's really good.
1: <laughs> um, I... I don't currently have a Twitter I do have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk Uh, It's where my sister and I talk about other teen media that's not Degrassi This week's movie du jour was the Lifetime movie Death Click which I found out unfortunately was based on a true story Um, Well, two friends killed their third friend The movie is on its own completely bonkers Um, Next week we're going to be doing a movie called Arson Mom um I also have you can follow me on Instagram at sorrywoodchallenge Challenge and my YouTube is sorrywoodchallenge Challenge
0: also. Nice. So with that said, everyone, we hope you can keep making it through and that you're gonna be here with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. I could see you ten or twelve times a day. I think it's best we do it your therapist way. I go my hair long in a will coat. yeah. I get so lovesick, my sad thoughts blow the time.